uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Hello again. Um, on this beautiful day, well, I'm recording it a couple days before you'll listen to it, so I hope it's a beautiful day for you. It's a beautiful day for me sun is shining. It looks like Toy Story clouds in the sky, which is very exciting. Um, But yeah, let's jump right in. So today's lesson, or talk, sorry, is Lessons at the Well by Susan H. Porter. Um, This is in the women's session. Last time we talked about Elder Oak's introductory message. And uh, this is the first like, full-length talk, because his, of course, like I said, was only like four minutes long. <laughs> but, um, so Sister Porter is the first counselor in the primary general presidency. I believe she was the one that was just called, um, I didn't think to look that up, but because they just rearranged the primary presidency, um, and like they moved people around, right? Which was pretty interesting, because they just done it like a year ago. But, um, so, I really loved this talk. It's really beautiful, and has a lot of really amazing lessons, and even though this is just the women's session, quotes, you know, air quotes around that, um, it obviously has amazing lessons for uh, everybody in the church. So whether you're a female or male or anything in between, <laughs> um, definitely keep listening because there's some really amazing stuff in here. So she starts by talking about her husband, Bruce. Uh, they were serving in East uh, the Euro- the Europe East area. I'm not sure what they were doing. She doesn't say. Uh, what their calling was, but he got really, really ill, and really, really sick, and so they went home, and he died just a few a few weeks later, and just, it was very shocking, um, life changed overnight, grieving and vulnerable, um, and she prayed, and she pled with the Lord to direct my path, what would that have me do? And she says, a few weeks later, I was going through my mail when a small picture in the catalog caught my eye. 
As I looked closer, I realized it was an artist's rendition of the Samaritan woman with Jesus at the well. At this moment, the Spirit spoke clearly to me. That is what you're supposed to do. A loving Heavenly Father was inviting me to come to the Savior and learn. And then she says, I would like to share with you three lessons I am learning as I continue to drink from his well of living water. Excuse me. Um, Recap, if you don't know the woman at the well story. She is a Samaritan woman, and we'll talk about a little bit about her life, because she does, but, um, she was a Samaritan woman, she had been divorced five times, and was living with the man that she was not married to, which was, you know, obviously very looked down upon (laughs) at that time, um, and she, um, would go up to get water from the well, um, at a different time during the day than the rest of the women did, because, she didn't want to be around them and, you know, be judged. And so she's also a Samaritan, which we know from the Good Samaritan <laughs> that the Jews and the Samaritans were not friends. Um, and so she went up to the well and Christ met her and talked to her and um, tasked her with with testifying of him and telling people that he was here and like telling people that she had just talked to the messiah um i don't know if you guys have seen the chosen tv show yet uh, i highly recommend it and they have a rendition of this and it's so beautiful because we see the woman and we see her before she goes up to the well as well like talking to the man that she lives with and um that is you know that she's not married to but um like we see the struggle she's having in her life the things that she's gone through and and then we see her talking to the savior at the well and not realizing not knowing that it's him at first and then you know him telling her and like teaching and talking with her and the joy the absolute joy that she has as she like she runs back down to the city to tell everybody that that she's seen the savior and that she's talked to him and it was it's just amazing and I love that story so much um that Christ would go out of his way you know to to speak to this woman and to to task her with with spreading the gospel um a woman of, you know, very low social class, and a Samaritan woman at that, right? So, so going off of that, um, her first lesson is, our past and present circumstances do not determine our future. And, um, oh no, my highlights went away. Where are my highlights? Um, so she talks about the woman at the well, like I was just saying, right? Her life and what she had gone through 
and kind of the, the time that she was at in her life. Um, sorry, Alios Tools locked me out, <laughs> so I couldn't see my my things anymore. My uh, like my markings on my notes. So okay, so yes. So our past and present circumstances do not determine our future. Um, as your sisters, I know many of you feel as I did, unsure how to face difficult challenges and loss. Loss because your life is not unfolding in the way you had hoped for, prayed for, and planned for. And I, uh, um, I feel that. <laughs> I relate to that on a very deep level. Um, my life is definitely not gone the way that I have planned and not all of it in a bad way, right? Of course. Um, but I never thought that I would be that I would move to Canada to get married to my husband in the middle of a pandemic and I'm currently figuring out immigration and it's really frustrating and um, like border regulations are still in place so like traveling to see my family is still um, hard and I mean money, right? <laughs> Plane tickets cost money. Um, and you know there are things that just haven't panned out the way that I that I had hoped, and that I continue to hope for. Um, and I totally see that. I totally understand that. But she goes on to say, no matter our circumstances, our lives are sacred and have meaning and purpose. Each of us is a beloved daughter of God born with divinity in our souls which I love that phrase like I mean I grew up with personal progress and so you know divine worth was one of our um values and but there was just some way something about the way that she phrased that like born with divinity in our souls and I just like I love that like I read something the other day, probably on Instagram, I believe it was about the woman at the well, actually, um, I don't remember where I read it, or I, or I would, like, I'd link to it or something, but, um, they were talking about the woman at the well, and how Christ treated her as his equal, um, that he talked to her as his equal and he taught her and he you know listened to her and um the thing that they said at the end was he saw the divinity in people and that's what he reacted to that's what he like acted on right he saw the divinity instead of like the humanity and the weakness and the the mistakes but he saw he saw the divinity um and he used that to invite people to come unto him and to be better and to to unlock their divinity, right? To like to live up to that and to, to find their divine worth. Um and I really love that. And so she goes on to talk about the atonement. Um and she said, Christ made it possible for us to be cleansed and healed, enabling us to fulfill our purpose on earth 
regardless of decisions of family members, our marital status, physical or mental health, or any other situation. And I think that is so empowering, right? And we've talked about this almost every episode has been about the atonement, which I adore, right? That's the whole point. (laughs) That is the plan, is the atonement. Um, But it is true, like we talked about this a couple episodes ago, um, about, you know, the enabling power of the atonement, the thing that, that gives us the motivation and the confidence to overcome things in our lives and and I love this she's talking about like not just not just overcoming trials and um like mistakes and like things like that but sorry if you could hear that Oh, something came out of the bathroom. <laughs> um, like, not just overcoming things, but fulfilling our purpose on earth. Which sounds like a really tall order, right? Like, I don't know what my purpose is here. I mean, I do. But, like, my specific purpose, right? Like, am I supposed to be this? Am I supposed to be that? Am I supposed to be still living here? What am I supposed to be working towards? Um, I think that also changes as we, you know specific thing that we're supposed to be doing right now obviously is going to change from day to day week to week, year to year um, but like enabling us to fulfill our purpose on earth regardless of decisions of family members our marital status, physical or mental health or any other situation that we are not defined by what we cannot control And we're also not defined by, like, we are defined by our choices. That was weird. That was, that was not the way to, (laughs) that was not the way to explain that. Like, we are defined by our choices, but our choices can change. Like, we can change. You know, my choice to move here has defined me because now I'm Canadian, (laughs) right? Like, not legally, but, um... It's changed me, but I could make a different choice tomorrow and my life would be completely different, right? It doesn't, um, confine us. And so I wanted to ask you, how does the knowledge of the atonement change your perspective of yourself? And what power does that give you? Like, how does that change... How does knowing that the Savior died for you and that he gives you power to overcome anything on this li- in this life and to move forward and grow and succeed despite other people's like actions that um, that impact you? How does that change the perspective of yourself and like knowing that you have divinity in your soul um for me I mean it gives me a lot of confidence right it gives me a lot of peace to know that I can change and that I have like I'm the master of my own fate right (laughs) 
obviously like the Lord has a plan for me but um I can change like no matter what obstacles I'm facing with people around me I can I can choose how to respond to that and I can choose the way that my life goes it's pretty cool um and so she goes on to talk about this specifically with the woman at the well and talks about her life right and her five husbands and you know not married to the man she was living with and she says and yet despite her life's difficulties one of the savior's first public declarations that he was the messiah was to her he said i that speak unto thee am he and she became a powerful witness she was a great you know missionary um and she quotes she says and many of the samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman her past and present circumstances did not determine her future what beautiful what, what beautiful i can't say it any better so i'm going to move on uh going along with that second the power is in us um she quotes president nelson he says every woman and every man who makes covenants with god and keeps those covenants and who participates worthily in priesthood ordinances has direct access to the power of god and i remember when i'm thinking about the right talk yeah I remember when president nelson gave this talk as spiritual treasures from october of 2019 and it was my first general conference in the field as a missionary and i remember very distinctly where i was what church building i was in what companion i was with when we heard this and it was actually given in the women's session um of october general conference 2090 general conference and it was all about like women and the priesthood and i remember like i had been told that right I had been told, especially as a missionary, that my role as a sister missionary was exactly the same as an elder, except for the fact that, like, I couldn't administer ordinances. Like, I couldn't pass a sacrament, couldn't give blessings, couldn't baptize people. But, like, my role and my charge, everything else was the same. And that I was given priesthood help, right? I was given access to God through my calling. And I learned that a lot in the MTC. That like as you when you're set apart for a calling, you're given, you know, access to priesthood authority and priesthood and you know the three I'm gonna say it incorrectly, so I'm not gonna try and say it. But like you're acting under priesthood keys. Um which is pretty cool. And so but when he remember he talked about this and he talked about covenants like anybody who makes a covenant with god which makes sense right like you're given direct access to the power of god because you're get you're making a promise with him you're saying if i do this you know you're promising this in return like you're given the access to the power of god because god's promising you things and that's pretty freaking amazing um and so i wanted to ask how have you felt the priesthood power 
power of God through your covenants. And that's not just temple covenants, that's baptismal covenants. Um, partaking of the sacrament, etc., etc., right? So, her third thing is, out of small things proceedeth that which is great. And I really love her analogies here. Um, in the kind of the second half of her talk, she talks about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, where Jesus taught about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And then later talking about the growth of the kingdom of heaven, comparing that to leaven, which is what um, yeast is leaven, right? Like it, it's what makes bread rise. And so she says, salt, leaven, and light. Even in very small amounts, each affects everything around it. The Savior invites us to use his power to be as salt, leaven, and light. And so she talks about, like, salt is, you know, not very expensive and very simple, but adding it to something, like, changes the flavor a lot, right? Like, you think of, even, like, you make scrambled eggs, if you don't put salt in it, and then put salt in it, it's a very different flavor, right? And so she talks about um, the maid in Second Kings, which we just talked, we just read about Naaman in Come Follow Me, right? Um, she was a little maid who was captured by the Syrians, became a servant to the wife of Naaman, captain of the Syrian army. Um, when Naaman, because Naaman had leprosy, right? And he was trying to find a cure, trying to find a cure, and he couldn't. And the maid um, was obviously a servant to Naaman's wife. And she said, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And... Naaman's wife told Naaman, and Naaman acted on that, and went to the prophet and was healed. And she says, we often focus on the servants who convinced Naaman to bathe in the river Jordan, as the prophet Elisha directed, but Naaman would not have been at Elisha's door without a little maid. Um, you may be young or feel of no importance, but you can be a salt in your family at school and in your community, and I wanted to point out too, like, salt, um, adds flavor and, and, you know, affects everything around it, but it also preserves, like, they used salt to preserve meat, and, you know, things like that, that, like, there were multiple uses for a very simple ingredient of salt, so, you can be... <laughs> the salt that, that changes the flavor of conversations that you're in and relationships that you're a part of. Um, it can be really powerful. And then she talks about leaven, and she says, have you ever eaten bread without leaven? How would you describe it? Dense, heavy, hard, with only a small amount of leaven, bread rises, expanding to become lighter and softer. 
When we invite the Lord, the power of God into our lives, we can replace the spirit of heaviness with inspired perspectives that lift others and make room for hearts to be healed. And she talks about a friend of hers who was really close to getting divorced. And it was Christmas morning, and her children were trying to get her to get up. But she was lying in bed sobbing. She poured out her soul in prayer to the Heavenly Father, telling him of her despair. And as she finished her prayer, um, she was filled with, like, love and compassion and peace. And she said this sacred experience validated her emotions and gave her hope that she was not grieving alone. She got up, went outside, and built a snowman with her children, replacing the heaviness of the morning with laughter and joy. And I love this story because she talks about grieving. Like, she, the woman, and that her friend, the woman in the story, felt her feels. She cried to the Lord. She, you know, and later she says it validated her emotions. Like, it was okay to be grieving. It was okay to be sad. But, like, in handing over her pain to the Lord, she was like, okay, I'm not alone. And I can go out and I can spend time with my kids. And I think that is so important <laughs> in the way that we mourn with others and with ourselves is that knowing that it's okay to feel heavy okay to feel that because it's it's healthy it's natural um but knowing that you're not alone lifts you in a way that nothing else does and it's so beautiful that that's that's the leaven in our lives right the christ is the leaven in our lives and it's pretty cool And that we can be eleven in another somebody else's life, right? That we can lift those that are around us who are are struggling. We're just listening by listening and by being there and by loving them the way that Christ would love them. So and the last one she talks about is light. Um she says, How much light does it take to pierce the darkness in a room? One small and that ray of light in a dark place can emanate from the power of God in you. And I love that these all are very small things, right? A little pinch of salt, a little ray of light, just a little bit of leaven can make something taste amazing, can make something lift in amazing, beautiful chemical reaction ways. And just a little bit of light can light up a whole room right like think about being in a dark room and you just crack the door just a little bit now you can see pretty much everything right like it's not pitch black anymore and it's just that little bit of light or like the little bit of light peeking under the door um or like the stars in the sky when there's no moon like there's still light um and you can still see that's pretty amazing so she says, sisters, hearts can be changed and lives blessed as we offer a pinch of salt, a spoonful of leaven, 
and a ray of light. And I know it's a really amazing promise, right? Like that is that is a promise that um, we can change people's lives and we can change our own life by you know coming closer to the Savior and helping others bring others to Savior. So I really love this talk. It's really beautiful. I really invite you to listen to all of it. Obviously, I've just given little snippets. Um, but I love the way Sister Porter talks about this, and um, it's very empowering and very, like, peaceful, like I can breathe, right? So, um, I'm going to end with her testimonies. I testify that the Savior is a salt in our lives, inviting us to taste of his joy and love. It is he who is the leaven when our lives are hard, bringing us hope and lifting our burdens through his matchless power and redeeming love. He is our light, illuminating our path back home. I think that's a beautiful testimony, and um, I agree. I definitely testify the same things. The Savior is amazing. There's no other way to describe him, right? And I'm so grateful for him in my life. So, until next time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot. I recap my questions. I'm so sorry. So, the first one is, how does your knowledge of the atonement, uh, the enabling power of the, to- of the atonement, change your perspective of yourself, and what power does that give you? Um, how have you felt priesthood power, the power of God, through your covenants? Um, and I would add to that how can you be salt, leaven, and light to the people in your life Um, just that little pinch the pinch of salt the spoonful of leaven and the ray of light to the people in your life Um, I promise you you can do it and that people will be so the people in your life will be so grateful to you for bringing just a little bit of joy into their life. So, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to follow and share us on um, any social media. And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends. Until next time.